Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. What's up, everybody? This is Chris from the Kids for Sale podcast, and you are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Journey into Comics. <laughs> so I'm keeping busy just for you guys. You're welcome. That's um, great. So, but no, I'm um, I'm putting my professional um, AD and D together with my OCD and producing like a whole bunch of stuff. Plus, I get to hang out with you guys. So yeah, it's awesome. all good. Heck yeah. Do you like us, Dick? I like this. Okay, good. So. Um, one thing that I love that you do more recently is the clever title pending oh, live you. streaming. Yeah, your Facebook live videos are so fun to watch. Well, thank you. And it always, I, I have to say, in all honesty, it gives me such a thrill when I see you guys popping up oh, in yeah. the thing, when, when Facebook actually deigns to tell me who's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time. I, um, I tell people that it's a format that, it's kind of settled itself in the first 10 minutes, the first time I did. I was originally going to do um, the show, um, the morning show, never mind the furthermore, just 10 minutes, me, hi, here's what I'm doing, y'all have a nice day, bye. And then I started noticing comments popping up, and I started interacting with everyone, and we're getting conversations going. It's fun. It was great, because it wasn't on me anymore. Right. Um, it. I, I, I'm learning things about my friends and people just, you know, dropping in and having, you know, conversations and then it extended to letting them plug their stuff. And then we just, I decided to do something in the evening because I'd gotten a number of people that wanted to, to, me to do an after hours kind of thing because I think they wanted to hear me swear more often is what it was. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would tune in for that. <laughs> well, damn it, more for you then, just for you. Um, actually, I could get the FCC probably on my case if I did too much of my natural uh, patter on there. But no, um, we started doing the Wednesday show, Clever Title Pending, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, my page, uh, where um, it's more about creativity and more about uh, encouraging people to be creative, which is something I do during the daylight hours anyway. So That's I thought, something that I love about you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, 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 one of the things that I love most about you is how you know, supportive you are to other artists and other writers and how much you're willing to give up your knowledge and your information for Thank free. You. You know? like, that's Thank so you. cool to me, and I, yeah. I love uh, all the support you give fellow artists. Well, I'm glad to, and I, you know, I'm just amazed how my friends are creative in so many different ways. Like, you know, after we met last time to find out that you're a musician <laughs> and what a musician you are, plug your stuff now. And um, Walk Among Us Band, check us out. Facebook page, you'll love it. We're and, recouping and from our show. We could do a whole like two hours on last night's show, but we'll, oh, we're focusing yeah. on oh, our. This guests. sounds it's good. Okay, I'll just take the first three, and then you take it from there. But anyway, um, but no, you know, in you know, podcasting, you know, creativity just doesn't have to be like drawing stuff or writing stuff. Uh, there's so many avenues with being creative that I love encouraging it. It's and expression. as I tell people, and as I, 
you're part of this glorious mm-hmm. enterprise too. But um, he's not wrong. He looks pleased. Very I'm trying to be, to be inclusive here, <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, it's as I tell people that too many people in so many fields feel that um, it's like zero sum, like if you get something good, well you're taking away from me, and that's not it's true. It's cutthroat. It is. It's it, a lot of people are very cutthroat when it doesn't need to be. Right. And I'm thinking, why worry about how big my slice of the pie is? Why don't we just grow the pie? then everybody gets a better share of it. So, and we all, part of this rising tide philosophy I have, which makes me sound almost evangelical at times. No, I which love is, it. I love it. Too. I live my, I mean, I've built the network on rising tides, raised ships, yeah. man, for real. Like, yeah. it's not just about me doing one podcast. It's about me getting my friends and all these people I care about to come up together and to do their own thing. And then stuff like this guy's show spins out and does crazy stuff. Exactly. You know, crazy. So crazy your, philo- your philosophy of rising tides raid ship is actually, I want to know kind of where that spawned for you. Well, it really came together as I was entering this writing thing. Uh, when I started doing this full time six years ago, uh, six and a half now, not that I'm keeping track, uh, but um, I, a lot of people were sharing their knowledge with me as I was coming up, just as I tried to pass it on. And um, they didn't have to do that. Right. You know, I, I think it's really cool when people do kind things and they don't get anything out of it more than maybe even just a glow inside, which I think is perfectly selfish and wonderful. Agreed. But um, then I ran, I ran across a quote from uh, President John F. Kennedy, who used to say that a rising tide raises all ships. And I realized that had been happening to me because by this time, you know, you guys have a network. I'm starting to develop a network of friends who we recommend shows to each other. We give each other best practices and what we're doing, uh, but we're non-competitive about it. Right. And it's more like we're, you know, I, I talk about writing coattails a lot, but with my tongue firmly in my cheek, uh, because I think the better thing to do is teach people how to swim. so that they can keep up with you and at the same time I have people who I see are like a little further up the game than me and I'm like man I want to keep hanging with them so I'm gonna you know I got to improve my game so it's 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 a way to not just help other people other cool people to do what they do whatever that may be but it's also a way for me to challenge myself and gain new knowledge that so where I'm a little more and I don't want to say competitive in the negative sense, but competitive in that I can keep up with the people I care with. So. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. I really like that philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so applicable to everyone. Absolutely. And I think more like I've, uh, there was a job I worked. I worked in a casino industry once mm-hmm. upon a time and was a dealer. And that philosophy of like everybody is on the same page, like we were there's a camaraderie about it and that changes your philosophy you don't feel like you're a lone shark in this well, big makes it more sea fun. you're like yeah, okay yeah, like yeah. why not a group of minnows swimming together is a whole hell of a lot more fun than a shark flying solo you know what i'm saying yeah and it also makes the bad ones the bad shows the bad times a little easier to handle yes um, like one time there were a group of us at this one show it was a mall show, and it was a bunch of us writers, and we enjoy each other's company and um, generally engaging in the kind of behavior that we keep kind of sotto voce 
uh, that it goes, doesn't go beyond the table because we don't want people thinking ill of us uh, because we're not behaving anywhere close to our age. So um, we had one show where it was like a Friday, Saturday show, and we realized by the end of the day our, our, our abdomens were absolutely aching from the laughing we had done, just you know, trying to keep each other amused. We had not between us sold one single thing. We didn't care. Of course, the next day we went back and did our jobs properly because <laughs> we have people to answer to. So, so but you no, know, it was just the idea that we could just have fun, not make a single penny, but we still had a glorious day. So. Yeah, that makes it worth it to me. Yeah, it was. It, it was like, fun. With our band, if we play a show that, you know, there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of, you know, money coming in from the door or whatever, if we're having a good time and the people that are there love it, then mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. Exactly. You know? exactly. Even if, like, one person comes up and says something nice, and you, as a, as, a, as a writer and a creator, you understand this, like, even one nice thing said about your work is like, oh, that actually feels pretty good. I, like, have a little bit of validation in this world that what I'm doing yeah. is not some sort of a thing that I've made up in my head. Yeah. Or that it means something to somebody else. Exactly. And not just yeah. You. <clears throat> well, it's nice. like with my Skyman book. I, in fact, I was telling one of the people here, Lacey and Becky, um, that um, Roy Thomas had, I asked him to write an introduction for me. Now, Roy Thomas, for those who don't know, was Stan Lee's right hand man. Okay, and he's done some incredible things on his own mm-hmm. during his time in comic books and other uh, media. And he wrote an introduction for me, and I asked him nicely, and he said, you know, here's your introduction. And I sent him the manuscript so he could see what I'm doing. Um, and he wrote something in there to the effect of, if pulps ever make a comeback, then Morris' Skyman could be the next Doc Savage. I'm sitting there, tears rolling down my face. It's like, wow. oh my God, this is the most wonderful. Because every, <laughs> every now and then we all get that, what I've learned is called imposter syndrome. Yes, you know it's like we've been what? talking about that a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like imposter syndrome where you don't feel like is this really real? <laughs> yeah, it's like why are is these people? <laughs> why are these people smiling at me? Where are the pitchforks and torches? You know, yeah. it's like, and then you realize, you know, yes, I've done some work. Yes, I've made some accomplishments. Yeah, I maybe you know it's nice that people acknowledge it but then every now and then it's like they're going to see through me one of these days i'm wearing the emperor's clothes and i'm hiding behind the curtain i don't want you to open so yeah i think that's super real i can really resonate with that yeah we can you know after doing so much on like facebook and social media and reaching out and we our band uh puts out videos every week and we've been getting like a couple thousands views like you know and at first, it was like really exciting, like holy shit, people really like what we're doing. But then it was like, hmm, this is really overwhelming sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you don't really know what to expect. Exactly. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with good people and supportive, exactly. creative mm-hmm. types that want the same kind of things as you. Oh, exactly. And I've made some good friends along the way with this philosophy that, uh, like, my show gets, you know, shared now regularly through uh, someone I met from a Kickstarter campaign that I did earlier this year for a a comic book that's on my table right now. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it it was great to meet people during this Kickstarter thing who have then become part of my network and I have become part of theirs and they automatically share my stuff. Yeah, you know, which is just it's like, just like a network of friends that just, okay, community yeah. that keeps growing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a great thing to mention. Shout out to one of our mutual friends, Todd Black. Oh, yeah. Who, he's done some Kickstarters things. I met him through podcasting. He becomes a part of my network 
spawns into you becoming it, it just yeah. like this like yeah. crazy web of things that have happened before we move too further on i have to ask is it nerve-wracking for you like it is for me when you go on facebook live like is that is like like really talk me through it when you're sitting there and you're about to like push the button does uh, that moment hit where you're like oh, God, i dread this like i'm afraid like what is about to happen? Who's like going to come in and say myself. something that's going to derail mm-hmm. my whole... And then, of course, that never happens. But yeah. still, is do you still have that? I mean, you do these so often now. Periodically. I've got a few people that, you know, if I had that seven-second delay, my hand would be over that, you know, trembling with every utterance that comes out of them. But uh, but no, because uh, here's where you guys are going to, like, back up a little uh, from fear. Um, there's this personality that takes over. That, you know, I slip on the fez, I put on the bow tie, and I hit the button, and that one takes over. Right. That's the one who is the, uh, the show whore. You're on. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm the, you know, and we've talked about this several times among my friends, that um, a lot of what we present in public is us, but it isn't us. You know, like the Brian who goes on uh, all these live casts who... You know, you know, I'm ready for anything. I'll roll with the punches. Yes, hi, glad to see you all. Hey, buy this new used car I've got. And um, <laughs> um, but he's the guy that doesn't um, uh, doesn't get flustered too often. Doesn't um, stumble over things. Seems reasonably prepared. And inside, there's the real me going. They're gonna find out. <laughs> They're going to learn any second now. It's that imposter um, syndrome. Yeah, you're driving the ship on the inside, like, oh, yeah, God, I hope I don't yeah. screw up. Except I don't have a steering wheel. Uh, that's the okay. problem. Um, but and, and it's like little things. Like I notice, like if I, I seem to start like every other sentence with the word anyway. I. Um, I have these pauses in my voices that are almost Shatner-esque. Um, I stumble over words. I mispronounce things. And inside, there's the inner me uh, chewing on the barrel of a shotgun. Um, but outside me can't let it show. Or, like, you know, it's winter. I cough now. You know, I, I just got over something. I still have a you know, little cough that hangs on. And every time I cough, you know, I just... You know, feel like it's going to turn into a horror show at any minute now. With the blood and gore flying out of my <laughs> mouth, and uh, you know, inside it's like no. Your and outside, I'm are like doing this, like ah, stabbing the ear. Why does he keep <laughs> yes. coughing and peeking out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really get nervous anymore, and in fact, I kind of like it to the point where this week, actually, instead of three broadcasts, we had four because. Here's the freelancer's problem. Hashtag real writer problems. We sometimes don't know what day of the week it is. Especially if you don't watch television. Which I don't. So I'm Tuesday night. There I am. Brand new episode of Clever Title Pending. And I'm going, hey, hope you're having a great Wednesday night. And everybody's like, why are you saying it's Wednesday? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, it's Wednesday, right? And they're like, no, it's Tuesday. I'm looking, looking at my phone. I was like, well, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, hey, on a very special episode of Clever Title Pending tonight. We're time traveling. Yeah. So, so, you know, talk about rolling with the punches because there's the inner voice going, okay, you can take the night off, stupid. Um, right. But and then like, you power through it. We powered on. through it. We had a regular episode and we had an episode the next night. You're listening to Poor Entertainment. With your host, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrew Paul. Wait a minute. 
this is this is poor entertainment. What is going on? What is going on? Oh, whoa, AP, there you are. What is going on? Like, what? Why I, am I hosting your show? Wait, I don't am know. Am I hosting your show? What's I I don't know what's happening. I feel like I need to give everyone a fistful of heritage all of a sudden. I, oh, uh, speaking of. <laughs> I got a fistful of anti-hero. Oh, man. Ugh. Now I feel like the, the basic bitch drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> I got some of those in the fridge. Oh, wait, those are zombie dusts. It's a step up. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> the running joke here in town is that... Um, actually, I don't, I, I'm not sure how to explain the joke, but we call, we call zombie dust Miller Lights. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't remember why. Uh, I, I feel like we could use some help here. Is anyone else out there that can help us out with this situation? I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no kidding. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. Oh, shit, whoa. it's Pod Daddy. Breached in, guys, from Earth 38. I was smoking a doobie with Snoop, and it was a good time, but something is strange. First of all, Dick, why are you, why are you hosting this show? I'm... Am I? I that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, am I hosting I, the show? Am I not? Like, what's going on here? I, but I see, I see House Castrophe and I see AP. I'm very confused. Yeah, I don't know why I'm in a basement right now. It's, it's this. This doesn't look like where where I live. I don't know. I feel like we should get to the bottom of this confusion. This is odd. This is, is odd. What? It's almost as if we've traveled to Elseworlds. Else, oh. that's a good word for it. That. Yeah. Great segue, Nate. Yes. Thank you. Yes. This this week we are covering a show or a series of shows that we all enjoy, at least most of them. This is covering the CW Elsewhere's crossover, their annual crossover that this one does not feature Legends of Tomorrow because it would have just been more <laughs> balls to the wall if it was. Oh, I don't even know how it would have fit into this. <laughs> I mean, they, they squeezed a Gary, and that's the best they could. Do. Yeah, yeah, and that was, was fine. Okay with, completely okay with. Yeah, we I try feel like. Oh, go, go ahead, Dick. Oh, we try to do this crossover talk like every crossover. Uh, did we? Did we talk last year about it? About uh, uh, Crisis. I did. Did I Nate number? Did we cover I don't, I don't Crisis? Think we did. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I talked about Crisis. I don't know if I talked about it with anyone though. I've slept a lot since then. A lot has happened in 2018. I it truly has. It yeah, truly I has. mean, to talk about how, just to brief on your other show, AP, I just want to make reference to a really funny quote I heard this week that was, um, last week was a bad year for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, uh, that was an SNL joke, and I thought it was actually pretty clever. So anyways, uh, yeah, we have to do some talking about... Uh, the CW crossover, it's really funny, guys, because I'm not caught up at all. I jump <laughs> balls deep into this, and they're genuinely are characters. I have no fucking idea who they where, are. Where are you at in terms of the... Where were you left? Have you watched any of the certain seasons of the shows? Or Okay, so the last things I've witnessed was the entire previous season of Supergirl. I think it was three, season three. Okay. I finished that. I finished Flash of season uh, four. I did not finish last season's Arrow because I did not start last season's Arrow. I watched the crossover, and that was pretty much it. So you got a lot of spoilers in this. I 
Kind Maybe of. if I can remember them all. There was a lot of things, and I can also in my head go, well, that was also the monitor playing with uh, how things were supposed to go down a little bit. You know, I don't know what's real and what's you not. You know, I don't think it was too spoilery, if I if I, think, I recall. Those are yeah. meant to be, I don't know, not to jump in. They're kind of meant to be kind of standalone. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, totally. You know, I think only Oliver mentions a few things, like him being in prison and such. That's it. Like right. and the 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 interaction between him and Felicity uh, within the episode that that's kind of a, a spoiler within Arrow, but <clears throat> everything else is pretty it, it's pretty spoiler free, you know. Like right. Flash didn't have anything, <laughs> right? I mean, they didn't even I have, feature like their I have main. No idea about Supergirl because I don't watch Supergirl. <laughs> right, Supergirl was pretty mild too. Like it just it talked about like the most recent episode about like. The events about them wanting to, the government wants her to go public with who she is as a person, like her real identity, and that was like that was the last big thing. And they brought that up when she was talking with, uh, with Clark. But yeah, I think before yeah. we really get into like the meat of this, we should talk about some of the, the fun Easter eggs that we kind of got leading up to the release. I don't know if any of you guys watched the trailers. No, for- I didn't. We know they kind of there was a there's a trailer that um, I think it kicked off the first episode that featured a favorite '90s superhero. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the awesome return of uh, Barry Allen as played by John Wesley Ship in like from from the old school days. Yeah, looking like the old school costume. Yeah, getting he didn't. I don't know what really happened to him. Like that's kind of a. So, are we talking about all the Easter eggs right now? All the well, different let's things just we kinda, saw throughout the episodes. Well, this was just like that was the only thing that really showed up in like the previews. We can get into the Easter eggs, but you just watched all these episodes today. Like you binged these within the last like hour and a half. It was like a literal two and a half hour movie that I just sat through, and it was worth it. Yeah. It was good. So, I guess since it's the most fresh in your mind, do you want to? You're the. I feel like. You're, I always hear you recap some of the stuff you've watched or seen. So do you want to run us through those since you've seen it more recently mm-hmm. than both of us? I'll do it lightning fast, kind of like The Flash. So in short, in The Flash episode, Oliver Queen wakes up in Barry Allen's bed, and he's like, what the fuck? I'm not Barry Allen. Yeah. I'm supposed to be Oliver Queen. This is weird. Iris, don't touch me. This is awkward. I, I, Barry will be very mad at me. He'll, he might phase my heart out of my body. I don't know. Like, what the shit? <laughs> so then they go to Team Flash, and they're like, hey, we got a problem. And they think these two are imposters, and they're crazy. Let's knock them out. Let's figure this shit out. But somewhere in Iris's heart, she is just deep down realizing that there's this possibility. And I also should mention in the episode, there's a little side story. I think it maybe actually is what starts the episode where this guy, we learn John Deegan, uh, is handed a book and told that he can make changes to the uh, to the world. And you aren't really given much more than that. A guy does, it just kind of disappears. And uh, so then Team Flash is got Barry and Oliver, which is the reverse uh, tied up because Oliver or this is awkward to talk about by the way because it's like which <laughs> of the versions of which am right. I talking about yeah so the flash Oliver I guess had to run to to stars city to pick up uh Barry Allen Green Arrow this is again very right. hardcore to do but um, <laughs> and then they get again taken out by uh, the team and put in the um the cell lock that they have for the metas 
And the next thing we know, Iris kind of has a change of heart, realizes that maybe something is a foul. Barry and Oliver, or Oliver and Barry, however you want to look at it, they break out of the holding cell. And Iris lets them go to find Kara Danvers on Earth 38. Tell and them she's your lightning Oh, man. It was interesting because he gave, like, I guess this is funny to say, Barry gave Oliver the wrong advice for Barry. And what I mean by that is, in that moment, he should have talked to her. It's ultimately what fixes it, is when Barry talked to Iris. So in the beginning, when he's like, no, you do it. It's like, no, dumbass, you're the one that's in love with her. Like, speak from your heart, man. There's things that only you and her will know personally, like... Bring up some time you guys got freaky, something that she'll never forget. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just be like, just like get raunchy with it if you have to. Hey, she'll remember. She'll be like, whoa, he's you too know? fast. He's too fast. Oh, so yeah. she doesn't really see the action happening. Oh god. Or does she? Is it not very quick? Is it? Is it like one second because he's so quick. It's like, and I'm and done. That, and is it like actually a sex act? Is he phasing into her? How's that work? Oh, oh god. Hey, too Nate, much. G- Go ahead and keep recapping, uh, Daenerys Palin. Okay, Daenerys Palin. I totally <laughs> vibe that. AP, let's take over for a hot second here. So, back to it. What happens is uh, they go to Smallville. Well, it it flashes to Smallville where Kara is, and she's with uh, obviously Clark and Lois Lane. Holy shit balls! We get Lois Lane, which was wicked. Um, yeah. Now, they're doing their own kind of thing, and it seems like they're cleaning up the Kent farm, which was also a neat uh, reference point to see in the CW-verse. Again, kind of playing... There's so many moments in this three-part episode that harken back to things that are not just CW-directly related and such. Right. Crossovers and are I'm ultimately talking, fan service, really. It was the, This was maybe... And when Dick comes back, we can really dive into this part of it, but like... I, I did want to get into how this was maybe the most fan service episode we've ever gotten from CW. Right. Or three-parter episode anyways. you know, It feels like one episode to me because I just watched it all simultaneously. It's like one but, uh, big movie. So they're at the Clark, they're, they're at Kent Farm, and all of a sudden, boom, breach in Oliver and Barry. Bolivar and Ari, or whatever you're going to call them. Bolivar and And uh, they're like, Kara immediately knows something's up. She's like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're like, this is what's going on. You recognize us? Whoa, this is crazy. Like, we got to get to the bottom of this. What's happening? So then they go back to Earth, and they have to defeat an awesome DC villain. So stoked for them to bring it into the world. Amazo, a character who's a robot who can absorb any superpower thrown at him if given enough time, and then he can become as powerful as said character. That's a little overkill. Had to find a way to nerf him. I think they did a good job mm-hmm. with that battle or whatever. And, and again, diving deeper here, um, they do defeat him. But then they realize that there's more problems, and it's like, how are we going to fix this? And Oliver's great answer is, let's go to Gotham. And we got the tease at that first episode of Batwoman standing atop of a tower. We don't know it's Batwoman yet. We really right. aren't supposed to know shit all. But I know, you know, obviously, and you guys know. So she's atop the tower looking all stoic and whatnot. Awesomely filled in Chicago. Cool, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, honestly, I was a little bit frustrated because I stayed for what I thought was going to be one of those, like, clips that they do, like the little after credit sequences, 
and there was not one on the first episode. And I was like, I wasted like two minutes. I could have just been getting closer right. to the end of this. You know? So anyways, jump forward, and then the second episode, we go to Gotham. And mm-hmm. we spend the majority of that episode in Gotham with the team trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what to do. They, you know, they ultimately get uh, arrested by the GCPD because Oliver is a known apparent fugitive, or B- Bolivar. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you'd call him Airy. I'm not sure which one he is, but... Uh, Anyways, he's a fugitive. He gets locked away in GCPD. Somebody posts bail. He's not sure who. It's Katie Kane. She brings him to Wayne Tower at Wayne Enterprises. They're a little confused. She reveals that it's that Bruce is her cousin and that he's been gone for a while because after Batman left the city and it kind of went to shit, he had to get out of town too because it was just too dangerous or whatever, and he's trying to find his shit or whatever. One of my favorite parts in this, and... and We'll really, really dive into it, but they had a great fight sequence in this second episode. Oliver Queen versus Barry Allen in each other's outfits, but they were fighting Malcolm Merlin and the Reverse Flash. Thanks to you guys, Scarecrow, the fucking Scarecrow. Yeah, how amazing was that to all have the, his? All oh my little God. things. You got to nerd, got to nerd out on some Gotham during that episode. Yeah, we did. Yeah, oh, I was did. nerding out hardcore parkour. Definitely, there were so many. There was things also I saw. A, a unthawed woman. Yeah, Nora in that episode. Freeze, maybe, maybe, maybe. Nora but Freeze. It's, yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, so so they had they had a little bit of a run in with. I can't remember who caused all the drama. Oh oh, it was Deegan. They were going to find him because yeah. he's in Gotham. Because he was an Arkham professor or scientist. Doctor. He's a doctor. Yeah. He's an Arkham doctor. And they go there, and ultimately he, like, runs off, but he hits an escape button for him because it lets out all the inmates. Unfortunately, because of how they have rights and stuff, I'm sure they can only reference these characters. We weren't – I wasn't at least expecting to ever see any of those names in full form. Yeah, it on showed the like a lot of nice names. I saw Cobblepot, Nigma. They showed, yeah. I think, pretty much every, like the, all the big ones. Well, and Mark I Guggenheim. <laughs> yeah, Mark Guggenheim was one. Pamela Isley, who is um, Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Boris Carlo, who is Clayface. Ed Nigma, Cobblepot. Uh, I mean, that was just a, like a, just a, like, I hate to use this term because we're not on podcastrophy, but I guess it's a crossover, so we got to get a little bit of everything in here, but like, hey, it was hey, hey. a little bit of a jizz factory in that regard. Like, there was so much to just be like, oh my God, Nate, they gave us Cobblepot. Oh Nate, my God, they gave us We have never Isaac. said jizz factory on the show. Are you sure? I'm fairly certain. Let's go we to the tapes. We can make it happen. Let's go. We can make it happen because okay. that sounds like something we would say. But <laughs> just we casually drop it tomorrow during the during your live. Just just if he remembers, he probably it. will. And then it's really a crossover, you know. Do I have everybody's attention now? So I gotta ask you guys. Totally, we're just gonna like sidecar this wrestling. Let's get into some wrestling talk. Do you watch any professional wrestling, kind of? Uh, not as much as John, but I do know some of the characters. My favorite is The Undertaker. Dude, you <laughs> could yeah. land a plane on that guy's forehead, man. It's just... <laughs> Mark Calloway is amazing. And he's Absolutely. so huge. Like, <laughs> wow. I love that that's where we started with is yeah. Undertaker. Uh, one of my favorite 
like strange memories of him was the WrestleMania 25 with Sean mm-hmm. when he was supposed to do the suicide dive over the top rope. And yeah. Homeboy, I can't remember one of the twins was supposed to catch him. They had one of those big guys out that was acting like a cameraman. Yeah. And he did not do his job no. at all. Taker lands right on his neck, and I'm like, he's dead. He's died. It, and he just gets right up like there's nothing. And I was like, his neck is made of steel. Yeah, that kind of like, that was one of those moments that made that one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. Absolutely. Hands down. That like Brock when he almost broke his neck. Oh, God. Good neck break. You know, just sets, a, sets the tone for memorable That was scary, match. too. Absolutely. Those guys really do uh, go at it with each other, too. Like, you know, they really throw each other around the ring. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's not like a, it's not like a total act. Like, they actually put their bodies through a lot. It ain't ballet, son. Yeah. Buddy, pal, <laughs> whatever. I was watching, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I watched Bound for Glory this year. Oh, okay. How was it? Uh actually really good like i was shocked i watched the whole entire card and was impressed throughout they had a max a match with the ogs which was like the original version of lax Uh with the new version of lax and a jungle death match where they literally removed every kind of padding from ringside (laughs) it like the planks they literally were wrestling on open planks that were moving and opening up oh my gosh it was it was the craziest like you think about like barbed wire death matches and stuff, sure, but you expose the ring in a way that if you slip through it, like your leg is going down and you're probably not having a pretty good time. Right. Like slipping through the cracks like that. And they and the like two seconds into the match, one board pops up and off and is not staying. So there is this big gaping hole in the ring and they're like trying to work around it. And I'm like, only in TNA. Yeah. Only place they could let that I've, happen. I've heard a lot of good stuff about what Impact has Impact has been doing lately. Don Callis is changing it over there. He has really changed the culture of Impact Wrestling, and I think he's trying to get the name back. And I and I and I just to briefly mention on the Bound for Glory card, it was like a solid four, you know, four star card. Wow, awesome! I mean, even including the fact that Austin Aries no sold and quit live on TV, it was amazing. <laughs> okay, so Johnny Impact hits his shooting star press for the finish, right? Or the uh, what's he call that move? The I can't think of what it's called. It had several different names. Like yeah, the world or the Jefferson Starship or whatever the yeah. hell it's called. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he hits it. One, two, three. Austin Aries stands up, walks out of the ring, flips off Don Callis, and leaves. No sells the match. Like act like acts like he took no damage. And is he is he back yet? No, he quit. He's done. He left Impact for good. Wow. Yeah, so it was like a pretty drastic thing. So that also kind of added to the whole bounce so for glory. So they're playing. Mystique. They're actually like doing the story right. Hopefully, awesome. If they keep him off TV for a while, and they can find a smart way to pull him back in. It's not like when Punk beat Cena, and then a week la- and got fired, and a week later he was back. That was dumb. That was about the dumbest thing ever. Very, very bad planning on their behalf. And then Punk was back in two weeks. <laughs> God, the best thing they did with Punk was Money in the Bank in Chicago. Yeah, but remember he was supposed to be gone, and then two weeks later they bring him back? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that was right after Money in the Bank, right? Yeah, so Cena got fired. The stipulation was Punk's leaving. Cena gets fired if he loses. They had that amazing, like, maybe one of the best matches in WWE in recent memory in that Money in the Bank. Definitely in Cena's career. Oh, Cena and Punk were magic together. Surprisingly, but like oil and water typically don't go together. But for some reason, those two, their styles absolutely meshed beautifully. And yeah, so like they had that and then Cena got fired, but he was back the next week. And Punk was supposed to be gone and quit the company. And he was back in two weeks. 
So, way to... He had to draw down a little bit longer. Yeah, Punk was doing such a brilliant job. Like, I remember on, like, I think it was Twitter, he was, like, posting pictures with the championship in his refrigerator. He was going to, like, Comic-Con and all the other stuff. Holding the title, saying he's the real champ. Yeah. Not, oh. not just kayfabe at its finest. Man. Yeah. Back when it was good. I miss, I miss him, but... I'm not one of those people that would ever chant CM Punk at a match. He's okay. gone. He's, he, he's enjoying life, man. God bless. Let him go. He's going to show up soon, sooner than we think. Cause, you uh, think so? And, yeah, and I, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I don't know how much you follow the, the being the elite now and if you've stayed on since the um, all-in, but uh, they've teased they're going to have their own wrestling promotion. I've heard this. What are your thoughts? Awesome. Yeah. Do it, man. More is better. I'll be honest with you. Um WWF is nigh unwatchable right now. It is, and from what I've been seeing, I, I follow podcasts. I love keeping up with what's going on, but it has just gotten so bad. And I'm welcome anybody that can pull them out of their funk because New Japan is so good. Oh, yeah. And NXT is so good. Absolutely. Like, NXT might be the best it's ever been. And that's saying a lot because when Sami Zayn and Owens were down there and well, it's not it's not any longer a developmental, I don't think. I don't think NXT should be looked at as you're in developmental. If you're in the performance center, you're in developmental. Right. When you're in NXT, you are in a brand that if you market yourself right and do it right, nothing can stop you. I I don't want people to get called up. Like I'm happy for their paychecks. But Lar- like, Lars Sullivan got called up, and I was like, his career's over. Oh, what what are they going to do with Velveteen Dream? He is, he is so like, he's got to be Intercontinental Champ. I have just, to see him with that belt. They just don't let them do what they do. But like, Oscar, I get it. She had to lose at some point. But my goodness, have they just butchered Bailey? Have they butchered her? Sasha Banks? Have they butchered her? They they tried to kill Becky. She but saved herself. She she's well, money in and of herself. Nia Jax really saved her. <laughs> Let's talk about the infamous punch that I don't know if you saw this in wrestling. No. So in the women's division, they've definitely been doing the best to trend up and make like women's wrestling amazing to watch. And I, I'm a fan of it. Absolutely. Uh, there was an invasion angle with SmackDown. Becky Lynch got legit potatoed, punched right in the nose, and shattered her nose. So she's on TV with oh her gosh. nose just gushing, and she's just kicking ass, taking names, you know, wow. no holds barred. And it was so Attitude Era Austin, like Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin. Wow. Like it was unbelievable. It, it made her. She's a made star now, <laughs> you know. So uh, WrestleMania 35, they want Becky and Ronda to headline. And Becky should win. <laughs> yes, across the board to that. And she should unify the titles, too. I don't know, but it depends if they're going to keep the brand thing going, um, <sighs> as far as I'm concerned. like, Oh, you know, and that might change, too, with the Fox deal. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm curious about that Fox deal, just with how bad. <laughs> I heard the ratings are, like, at an all-time low right now. Oh, for wrestling? For, 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 raw. for Raw. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. They had like a spike in ratings because the Roman Reigns thing. He announces he has. I heard about that. He has to step away. That's like, oh shit, real news. But then they kind of decided to do the real wrestling thing and capitalize on his sadness, Mm -hmm. and then did the heel turn on the Shield the same night. So you get this like, again, it kind of feels Attitude Era, but then they don't follow up on anything. Well, isn't Brock's the champion again? Yep, no title. Haven't seen it. 
Like should have gave it to Braun. This is the problem with the modern mentality, and this is where again I think NXT, and even like New Japan goes like old school '80s era mentality, which is like you never see the champ, but the champ does. He's on the card all the time. He doesn't defend all the time, and when he does defend it, it's a big flipping deal. Brock never feels big because Brock never has, in my opinion, big matches, and neither does he ever feel like. Like we all knew Roman Reigns was going to beat him. That that was the end game. And but NXT does it. It's not the hot potato that it was in the Attitude Era, but there's still there's multiple stars in NXT. Ciampa is is the champ and he is amazing. Gargano with that but heel turn. Gargano is a vi- is a viable contender. You don't know if when Gargano is going to win. You don't know when Black is going to come back. You don't know if Velveteen is going to c- jump out and win. There is a, there's a variety like you don't know what the end game is in NXT. So it makes it enjoyable to watch. Raw, we knew the end game was Roman Reigns. And because of that, if you know the ending, the journey is not as fun to get there. Cuz you knew Joe wasn't going to beat Lesnar. You knew Braun wasn't going to, because it's like, got to save it for Roman. And I think what happened, obviously it's a tragedy, so I don't want to speak ill of the man of Roman Reigns, but the character, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm speaking of the character. Totally. And the character was awful. Oh, yeah, and, and, and here's the weird thing. The character Roman Reigns is awful. However, when he returns, easily the most over oh, that yeah. he will ever be. And it's, it's almost that... Um, not Murphy's Law. I don't know what I'm looking for here, but it's just a kind of like a tragedy that his ability to be over like they wanted him to be is going to come from something actually affecting his life that could have taken his life. Right. It's like they have to capitalize on this like realness of this guy to like bring the fans to him. But if they would have handled him differently, I think that he would be over a long time ago. If he would have been heel. Yeah, if they yeah. would have turned him heel. Or, again, just the best errors of wrestling are are summarized by the the multitude of stars, the diversity of stars, right? Um, the best eras to me were when it was like, you had Triple H, you had Kurt Angle, you had Benoit, you had Guerrero, you had... Jericho. Jericho. Austin and The Rock. Like, all of these different people were coming... To the, the big show, even, like, you didn't know who was going to win. And who was who they like? They weren't. They didn't build it around one person. They built it around the roster. And now they have a better roster than they've ever had. And they laser oops. focus yeah. one guy. It's one. You have to be the. And I think that also get Roman maybe, over. Get Roman over. Get Roman over. And I think that whole ideology, unfortunately, came from Daniel Bryan when they got him over with the "you're just a B team guy." Mm-hmm. They created a. There has to be a man as the. Benchmark for WWE. Well, that was a that was a Cena thing. Well, also true. I mean, I, I do totally agree with that. But I think that it was really highlighted that because they started using the authority angle, and it became like um, now Randy Orton is the face of the WWE, right, and right. then it was uh, God who won after Orton was it Cena? I think actually probably won again. one time again something like that. Like, they 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 passed that thing around so much. Do you think that the Universal Title is dead? I've never cared about that thing. I almost did. Like, there's been a couple times where, like, if Samoa Joe would have won when he would oh, Lesnar match, it could have been awesome. I would have been all about it. Same thing with Braun Strowman winning if he would have won it. Uh, what the hell was that thing they just did recently? The Crown Jewel match, yeah, in Saudi Arabia. That was the first one, right? 
That was the one right no, after. I uh, refuse to watch Crown Jewel. I, I will never watch that. I don't care. I didn't, I didn't even hear spoilers about it because I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, it was not um, just from a journalist standpoint. It was not something I enjoyed watching because I felt like it was a show built to pander to an audience that isn't their actual market. And it looked like this is what it looked like. Here comes the money, 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 yeah. money. That's all they cared about. And it baffles me genuinely that a U.S. entity went there after the situation that they did and put on an event like everything's cool. We're all friends. There's things that are bigger than entertainment. Exactly. That was one of them. So I'm, I'm not going to get too political on it, but I, I appreciate that. I didn't watch it. I won't watch it. I don't care. I will never watch anything that goes on over there. Good. So, Cowabunga. I um, love that you just went to Cowabunga. That's great. Uh, but no, I just... Look, I, 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 sometimes I don't understand the concepts behind wrestling in that, you know, the whole thing with Brian was like, uh, he's not, he wasn't big enough. And now, now he's the champion. Again, and man, is he doing an amazing job as the champion. And, like, I get that in real life, Brock Lesnar is the man. Like, he's legit. But this is entertainment, and in comic books and in movies, the whole story is overcoming the big bad guy. And that's why I don't like that there's a stranglehold on, with Lesnar on Raw, or the stranglehold that, again, even though Reigns wasn't the champion, he had a stranglehold on the company. Everything revolved around him. He was the center. And... That's not how things should be. There should be a multitude of people, and that's what makes compelling stories. Absolutely. Uh, do you think that if, say, the elite do create their own company, and, and it's been talked about that if that were the case, they would be free to work other certain territories. I feel like WWE is starting to kind of get on that train of working with people again, almost old school territory basis, especially from Triple H's perspective, you know, doing like the NXT UK and trying to like branch out to those markets. Is there ever a point where a group like the elite can be almost omnipotent in wrestling and work every territory, including the big leagues, WWE? Like what would it do for the just scenario placing here? The elite's not going anywhere. They're not leaving. They're going to do their own thing. They have independent contracts. Kenny Omega shows up in the Rumble. We're going to fuck gonna the sodomites in, in the... What, what are you guys do doing back there, touching yeah. dicks? What are you, yeah, what are you guys doing back there, touching dicks? Get, get up here and fucking do something. <laughs> get up here and touch dicks. Don't do it in the back. Yeah. Pretty much. He has said that. Do it where everyone can see. <laughs> but no, like, like, I have had the opinion since I've been in the workforce, because I've, you know, this is my second go around in the construction trades, and I'm, I'm glad I'm back because I can actually, like, work and, and like, appreciate what I'm doing. Um... But your workplace is not a fucking place to bring your feelings. No. Like, I've always had that opinion. Like, I am there to do my job from the time I'm supposed to until the time I'm not supposed to. It's very cut and dry. The moment that I'm not supposed to do that job anymore and it's time to go home, that place doesn't fucking exist to me. 
there's, you know, you've heard me talk a lot, especially when I worked at Subaru, there's old Tyler and there's Tyler that, that's here right now. It's yeah. not the same fucking dude. You would not have liked old Tyler because we would not have been friends at all in any, in any capacity whatsoever. I would not, I, I would not have got along with anybody in this room because I was so fucking miserable to be around. Just all the time. Would you start a podcast? Would I have started a podcast? With me? No, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. Okay. That's just who I was. <laughs> I'm not that way yeah, anymore. Yeah. And now I see people in my career field that are just the way that I used to be. So it's it's good. It feels good to me that I see that and I'm not like that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's I can actually see my own growth. But at the same time... Like Ryan said, if I'm telling you to do something and you're A, not doing it effectively, B, not doing exactly what I told you to do, especially if it's simple, you're a fucking idiot. Stop being a dumbass and just do it. Dig a hole. Like, that is simple fucking instruction. I didn't tell you how deep. I didn't tell you how wide. You fucking dig a hole. You start digging a hole. If I come back and you're digging a hole, I'm not going to bother you. Hey, man, make that hole a little wider. And I walk away. I come back, you're still fucking digging a hole. You are effectively doing or performing the instructions that I gave you. Simple as that. People can't fucking figure that out. If you're not performing, I'm going to tell you you're not performing. I don't have to be nice about it. Now, sweetie, I really need you to dig that hole a little bit deeper, okay? Maybe make it a touch wider. I'll be back in 45 minutes. Pull your stress card if you need to. Okay? (laughs) Take a couple water breaks. You know, maybe get maybe get a cool towel. Like, no, we got to get shit done. Either do it or don't. If you can't do it, go the fuck home. If you don't want to do it, don't come back. Simple as that. This is one reason why I left Subaru, actually. Because... Because you couldn't perform? No, people... Because you're a piece of shit? That, too, maybe. Fucking <laughs> idiot. People brought their feelings in. Yeah. To there all the time. It was... It seemed very high school drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, was, that's oh, manufacturing yeah. in general. Well, I was working in management, too. So everybody brought their drama to me. Yep. And I remember in particular, one day uh, we were working on one of the new expansion lines. And we were trying to set it up. And we had a bunch of people staying later. And some kid kept talking to me. And he was joking around, picking at me and everything. And I just said, hey, listen, man, how about you just stop? Otherwise... I'm going to smack you in the face, you little bitch. That's what I told him. He reported me. <laughs> and I was just like. So he was poking fun. And you poked a little fun back and was like. I, I went bitch. a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, to assert dominance like you should. Yeah. Like every man should. We always step it up a little bit. See how be far you can push. Yeah. 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 Always that's, be That's what I did. And he reported me. So I had uh, two upstairs people, which you both know what that means, come down and uh, chat with me. Or, well, bring me up to chat with me about... Yeah, because they don't come down to your level. Yeah. You got to come up to their level. How I uh, should have handled the situation. And I was like, listen, for one, I thought we were having fun. I thought we were just poking fun at each other. But I'm sorry. And then the next day, kids started doing at me again. And I was like, listen, man, I'm just not even going to talk. Because if you're going to go run your mouth upstairs, what's the point? Right. Yeah, it's just sad that people like that are are rewarded. That's the kind of guy that you want to find in the parking lot, whip his ass, send him home, be like, all right, I'll see you at work tomorrow, man. So, I mean, that was was one of my issues I had with Subaru. It just seemed very drama, 
filled, very high schoolish. Yeah, that's just people manufacturing bring, in general, exactly. man. Exactly. People bring their emotions. And see, that's not this. it's not even just the factory, it's the people. Yeah. It's literally people are the well, problem. I, I had a uh, I have a theory on why this is because we had a uh, particular team member, I won't say his name, won't matter anyway. Wife was gorgeous. Like okay. absolutely gorgeous. Started having an affair with some girl on the other team. He did? He did. Okay. Who, she was not gorgeous. Let's just say that. Okay. The only reason why we could figure out why is because you spend so much time at a place like Subaru. Mm -hmm. That, especially if you work on a second shift level, you don't see your family too often. Yep. And I was like, I feel like a majority of this is people are so bored with their like lives when they go to a place like Subaru, like a manufacturer, like things are very mundane that they're looking for any kind of excitement. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they try to do something like this because they need a thrill of some sort. You know? Yeah. Your, your brain spice. is going to find a way to entertain itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I just feel like that's why it's always so filled with drama and no, because everyone's sleeping with everyone else behind their significant other's backs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too. Yeah. We just we don't really have much of that in our area. It what area are you in? Because obviously my right. ex doesn't work in your section. It was filled in final line, dude. That's all. I've oh, yeah, definitely there. out there. But our area, not so much. I have no idea what you're talking about, Tyler. There was a lot of shit that went on while I was there. A lot of shit I heard about going on while I was there. Dick is above all that. He well, I mean, he's it. just kind of oblivious. To I, I was going to say, maybe I'm just oblivious to it I think all. You're but just oblivious, I think but it is the latter. I read a thing. <laughs> I just know about Joe t fucking Tiffany. That was one of them. Um, oh, shut but up. I read a thing a couple weeks ago <laughs> that that made a lot of sense. Joe to fucked me. a retard. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, shit. Oh More than once. There's no safe spaces. <laughs> Blaine. No. <laughs> yeah, he, he banged her. And uh, he he wasn't wearing a condom, and she was on top. And it was at climax time. And it was, and he told her to get off because he was he was about to get off. Mm. <laughs> and she goes, "No," <laughs> and held him down. Damn. And then she became a chiz factory. <laughs> we, we 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 swear to God, she got fucking pregnant, but the fupa she had just absorbed the fetus. Yes, that's how they how it gets its power. That it or she killed fetuses. it with Oreos. She's divorced now. Is she really? She's single. Wow. She met a guy. So she's so. Oh, this single. Is, this is, <laughs> Ryan's like, I heard you. She met a guy. Yeah, yeah right. Her jizz factory and the word no, and I love that. That's exactly. <laughs> she exactly met a guy and after repertoire. a month of dating, married him. Yep. Eloped. Wow. Married. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes and then she found out, know. oh, this guy's actually a piece of shit. And he's also just as stupid as her. So Yeah. Yeah, women never want to date or marry a guy that's as dumb as them i don't know why that is you think they want him dumber at least like because then they, you know you can get away with what you want well, she right. was really stupid so the the ability to find someone dumber than her kind of not there. There. it's yeah. not there no mm. yeah she wasn't all there i read a thing a couple weeks ago um that kind of hit home that made a lot of sense to me bear with me because i'm reciting it is this memory. about the panda no damn um we call her the panda, by the way. She should be extinct. But she's not. <laughs> she's still fucking alive. bitch would not die. She had she just survives on four asthma attacks in one week. <laughs> are, are we still talking about this Tiffany go? Yeah. Yes. Four know. asthma attacks in one week. Well, she's a fighter. 
I'll give her that. <laughs> well, remember four asthma <laughs> no, attacks in a panda. One, one day. Yeah. She, she's not a fighter. She's a panda. <laughs> she just survived. She's, she's hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. She's worse than a cockroach. She's a panda. <laughs> Hard times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. And then the cycle repeats. And I, I read that. And I was like, man, that fucking makes sense. No wonder we're all a bunch of pussies. We need know. more. We're li- we <laughs> like, are living in a time of weak men. Like, all the fucking badass people of generations past fucking made it easier for everybody else. So their children and their children's children didn't have to fucking have hard life. Like we, like they, yeah, did. because yeah, and th- and that was their goal. Yeah, that was literally the goal. Like I, I want my kids to have a, a better life than I did mm-hmm. growing up. But here's the thing: and there, the, there's a difference between a better life and, you think and that, an easier life. They're not the same. Yeah, thing. you you hear that and you think, oh, that's pretty noble. But then you get to the, you get a couple generations down, and they're like, yeah, I don't want my kid to deal with what I had to grow up, grow up with, and they fail to teach them values. Yep. Rather, and instead, just make it easier for them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's people, there's people that will argue and say, well, the baby boomers fucked up, you know, our country and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I don't want to fucking argue about that. You know, I mean, I don't know about the country, the, I, the housing market, you know, we can sure. blame them Absolutely. for that. Yeah. I mean, sure. but we can also blame ourselves. <laughs> I wasn't buying fucking Not houses. <laughs> we can blame America though. I was because... in fucking middle school. Well, yeah. Again, I mean, <laughs> everything can be blamed on the government and I love blaming the government. Well, it's, I mean, it's all their fault. Yeah. Any anybody that gets an adjustable rate mortgage is an idiot. So I don't even know what that means. So I'll never get one. Well, I'll tell you real quick because it's uh, real easy to say. N- or now to, we're in math class. To adjust, uh, I didn't. All right. Adjustable so rate fixed rate fixed rate mortgage. Yeah. The moment you sign the paper, you lock in that percentage. For the length of time that you're in that mortgage, that you're under contract, you will have that interest rate to pay. No different than if you go get a car loan. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. An adjustable rate mortgage, you sign the paper, and it might be 1.9% for five years. The five years is up, and they can jack it to any price that they want. So they'll go from 1.9% to fucking 19%. So your house payment goes from 250 bucks a month to $2,500 a month, and then you can't pay. So the theory between... An, or, behind an adjustable rate mortgage is now you lock in or you you agree to that super low interest rate and then before that interest rate changes you refinance and you just do that a couple times while you're paying down the principal of your house then you actually make you you actually end up paying less for a house than you would have with a fixed rate mortgage but with an adjustable rate mortgage you have the the potential to get fucked out of your house and then you know, financially the rest of your life. If you don't know that refinance trick. Yes. Ah. Or if you don't catch it in time, you forget, you know, the market crashes and then, you know, there's already like a six or 7% interest rate. So you're, then you're going to be losing out a lot. So it's a bad thing to get into. So good rule of thumb is just don't fucking do it. It's a bad decision. See, and here I am at 27 year old, 27 years old, just learning this shit Yeah. on a random podcast Instead of being taught something like that, I didn't know it either until well, I actually bought this house. Here's a funny thing. Right? My uh, my mother actually mentioned this once. Um, back when she was in high school, they had a class literally called life skills. Mm-hmm. 
where they would teach you, you know, it's basically home ec. Ah, home ec good old they, Mrs. Welch. But they would teach you uh, cooking, you know, cleaning, taxes, you know, basic basic stuff for when you got out of high school that you would need as an adult. They're starting to re-implement, re-implement that in colleges now mm-hmm. because people don't know how to fucking live well, he, anymore. So here's, no. the, here's the fucked up thing. When I was in high school, which was the same time that everyone else in this room is in high school, uh, I had a class called Life and Careers, okay, mm-hmm. which is essentially what that life skills used to be, but way watered down. You learn how to write a check. I already knew how to do that. Um, you learn about budgets. That's about it. That's all you did. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that and learned how to sew. Like, okay, learned, I did learned. that in home ec. Yeah, so we, we, we got we were taught how to make a, a pretty badass meatball. But here here's some here's some you're, you're, pretty important you're things. You're talking home ec. Like we're talking like a life skills course. Oh, I know. Teach you how to do like your laundry. Because again, like these college, these kids that go to like college campuses and because they finally move out of their parents' house, don't know how to use a washing machine. It's because their parents suck too. Yeah. Yeah, that's failure on a parent's behalf if you can't wash your clothes. But as far as like, I agree. Balancing the checkbook, balancing checkbook, taxes. Understanding well, here's the taxes, thing. I don't know shit about taxes still. You pro- yeah. probably your hard length hard. of tax knowledge is probably from hearing me spew bullshit from my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem, okay? Because I've taught all that shit to myself. Like, you should learn a good portion of the United States tax code before you graduate high school. You should be able to rattle that fucking shit off. Article 32 of Section B says this. You should be able to fucking rattle that off right out of the gate. Why is that not taught in the economics class in high school? Well, uh, because the government doesn't want you to know taxes i'm glad you said it because i was gonna say it and i'm like well, thank god i'm a conspiracy theorist. no but it's fucking no. true i'm i'm very very anti-government yeah okay but they killed JFK, I'm, a, I'm, I'm conservative i, mean, I was but the I'm very anti-government what's wrong with being childish i like being childish before i go i just want to tell you you are fantastic never trust a hug it's just a way to hide your face that's the exciting thing nobody in the universe can do what we're doing Pointing his screwdrivers like that. They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. Gallifrey! Yes, this must be where I live. Oh, yeah, Banacafalada. Yeah. That was from that episode. Banacafalada! <laughs> I was trying to remember. Banacafalada! I miss Banacafalada. Doctor. I want to revisit that someday. Yeah, yeah. David Tennant, man. We can get. That's a whole. We, we actually. Maybe we should have paid more tribute to him today on our tenth episode. He is the tenth Doctor, but well, uh, we can you bring fool. It up now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love him. There's so many great episodes. I think we've already kind of gushed about David Tennant yeah. a- across the board, though. Uh, it's easy to do. It is easy to do. Uh, but back to it. Do you guys think that it's possible that in the next series that they do, uh, Chris Chibnall, Jodie Whittaker? that we will get uh what's the word i'm looking for here more payoff because they'll pay off some of the stories from this season like they did the tim shaw like maybe they were testing the waters can we go a long distance of time will people care enough to remember that then maybe next season that their second episode pays off this season's like eighth episode or something you know and there we get more of those kablam things or whatever i don't know i'm hoping (laughs) to get a few more classic who references and little easter eggs because i like that shit i think we really desperately need to see jody up against a classic villain sarah um oh i was just thinking about what you said before and i 
I don't, I don't know that there's going to be anything like that. I, f- I feel like their focus was so different. The focus was so much on mm-hmm. this uh, inner, inner character drama, as it were, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to deal with issues and all of this drama, drama, that type of drama anyways. Uh, that, that's the story that they were trying to tell this season. Right. Uh, they made that very clear in this past episode. I mean, all of the, mm-hmm. the dead people and all of that mm-hmm. <laughs> that weren't really there. Or that yeah, whole weird. And... Yeah, that was, I mean, it, that's the story that they've been trying to tell that for some people is, you know, what they want. Good entertainment and stuff that's not why i watch doctor who that's just apparently i feel like we're in the minority here sorry for people who are still i guess listening to us with (laughs) i don't know i don't know what it is we're just being honest we actually had a fan go ahead well yeah i'm I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. You said what? I was just going to say that based on what she was saying about how we're in the minority for not liking this particular series. That we don't like it. Well, we had issues with it. We had issues with it. Uh, but I was just going to say that we had a fan who actually had some good things to say in essentially a retort to our previous episode. What'd they say? Well, I'm going to bring it up now. If you guys want to continue uh, discussing what you were discussing about us being in the minority, and I did not mean to cut you off. <laughs> I yeah. just want to let you know, because like, that sucks. It happens to me, too, in podcasting. Well, I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about to you. <laughs> oh, we were talking about being in the minority and not being on the bandwagon. And I... I I don't know. I guess I haven't read enough opinions online to like feel I what have. other people. Oh, you have? I've read a lot of it. I have. Yeah. I, I mean, just on Facebook because I'm old now and I don't care about other social media platforms. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't even care about Facebook really, but it's all fake. Mm-hmm. You know, I do but that's know. a different discussion altogether. Uh, but sometimes when you go through that, you know, you get sucked in thing. Uh, I, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. I'm, I have read opinions. I, I've read them through the lens of the music because that's where it always begins for me because mm-hmm. I really wanted to know honestly wanted to know what other people were thinking about this composer you know right I was looking for we maybe maybe some kinship I just was looking for the, the good and the bad I like to look at both sides of the opinions when it comes to things like music because uh in the in terms of tv and movies and stuff I mean taste current taste does matter when you're going to tell a story these mm-hmm. days i mean you know you put a, a a you know the bombastic score that murray gold had before was you know maybe a little over the top for some people is what i've read you know for me it wasn't because the themes were so good like it right. was quality melodies and that's what the heart of a lot of of music you don't get a lot of that Pop music doesn't have a lot of real, they have a lot of hooks, hooks, but they don't have in the classical sense of the word melody mm-hmm. from beginning to end. If you want to analyze what a quote unquote good melody or a quote unquote bad melody is, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. purely, uh, you know, from a, I guess, a theory standpoint, if you want to look at it like that. But uh, the melodies were solid, you know, for the last season. And there was not a lot of melody driven stuff this season. It was a lot of ambient music a lot of pop driven stuff and that's the composer a lot of violins 
the composer, I, I, I watched a few interviews with him when I was searching about it. He seems very sweet. He's very genuine and very into it. You know, I, well, that's, I always feel, yeah, most, and most composers are when they're at that level, they're, they're doing their thing mm -hmm. and he's doing his thing. He's doing it to the best of his ability and being himself, which I admire. Yeah, that's I like great. That. I, I just, the approach, the touch to it, I think was perfect for, the writers this season because of what I was saying about their focus being the inner monologue of the drama the and less the sci the sci-fi felt like a side dish. Yeah. This it season, the, the it meat and potatoes. The yeah. The, it felt like that was what, like I said, that was a story they were trying to tell. And if, and if we look at the music that was provided this season in light of the story arc as a whole i suppose since they've brought back the first season and tried to reference the other seasons remember this you know like yeah. little slightly placation for the I, fan. you could tell they were just trying to get it in there yeah paying a little fan service i i admire it they tried yeah. but that's uh that's all fine and well for the story that they that story they've been trying to tell the whole season about about the drama and things the music suits it Right. Because it is, if you think about your inner monologue and you think about this sad wafting sort of stuff going on, I don't know. I just. But like you like said it earlier, very, it's not your Doctor Who. It, that's what's that. That is for me exactly it. Mm -hmm. It is something that is analytical. I just that's how I look at TV as you look at it as entertainment. That's fine. You can look at it on a surface level like that. But for me, my brain's always ticking like that when I'm watching anything. doesn't matter what it is. That's why commercials are so horrid. Yet oh another God, thing to talk about that we will not get into today. <laughs> yeah, we probably that's, shouldn't. That's another. No, we definitely should not. If I, especially if I'm on the music tick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's I don't not get into there. that. <laughs> but that's, that's what I got to say about that. Um, I really hope. I'm glad we have another episode to do a finale one. I've been really wanting to do something with the music. I had Nate bought me several years ago, the 50th anniversary CD uh, set for Dr. Who. Oh, sweet. That has, I think it's four CDs. It's four it's discs four. and it covers all eras. And it's chronological. Nice. Up to Matt oh, Smith. that's so cool. Um, so I want, uh, I'm, I don't I'm think still, I've seen it. Uh, I, don't I think, think we've ever listened to we've it. We've never we haven't I haven't listened to it with anybody. I've listened to it um mm -hmm. several times before but uh I I'm still cooking up a little segment for next season whenever if we get around to that if we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um but I do want Unfortunately delayed till 2020. Yeah. In in light of my either bitching sometimes <laughs> about the music or praising it. I d I didn't hate it altogether. I mean the music's nice. Like if you're just to listen to the music as its own thing you know it's mixed nice it, he chose um some nice sounds underneath that do have a bit of like sci-fi warble to them i mean the the instrumentation is there it's very subtle mm -hmm. it's very subtle which is again the subtle story of emotions that they're telling in this this whole season of doctor who that's that's why i say it fits mm -hmm. in that way the music itself is good you know he's a good composer or whatever but i i would love to revisit uh from like Every season, like I said, I'm still working on the idea, but next next episode, we'll talk a little bit of maybe some of the classic music. Um, I don't know how the licensing works yet for not, you know, not to make this into a podcast meeting, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the licensing works for actually playing clips on our show. It's fair use as long uh, as we're not trying to monetize here and we don't on okay. Podbean. Well, Spotify, so maybe we'll Stitcher have, Radio, uh, Google Play Music. <laughs> yeah, not not places. yet. We're not there yet. No. Yeah, not, not, yet. not to that, that part yet, but... 
that I think we'll have, maybe have a few clips ready or something for next episode and talk about them just to, so you can hear the differences because it like I was saying That's when a great idea. for a 2018 audience you, you might we, they might need the subtlety everybody seems to like it across we, we started this talk about did I look on social media you know at people's uh, opinions mm-hmm. of things. And that's what I kept finding. I was so surprised to not see more critiques of the music. Mm-hmm. And I just that have been thinking, to me. I, I have been thinking about that a lot. And I'm going, why am I critiquing it? What is it that my gut is telling me? And it's what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, because of the, the point of the season and the emotions and things. So I'm, I won't rehash that. That's a really interesting observation. I'm I'm looking forward to next episode. Yeah, yeah. I just because you know be the fun. music from the 1960s and 70s is wouldn't speak to an audience the same way now as it did then. You know, right? Because it was weird and it new to sounding. It differently. The sounds, the sounds they had. Some of the the sounds that they were using in that mu- in that music was so experimental for right. the time. I mean, just. All the theremins. (laughs) I mean, and the theremin had been around for a while, but they were experimenting with like noises and, uh, you know, just like sheet metal and just weird sound effects as the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily as the the noises and or the um the, the background effect right yeah, sound effects i mean shoot often in but, classic who they would go with no music at all underlying right the that's scenes. another thing mm-hmm. i would like to talk about if we do a music segment next time um, yeah we will do that yeah for sure. that's uh the lack of music can be just as important as it, music bam it not only can be it absolutely is right in any form of music silence is i mean you use silence correctly and it's uh, powerful. Yeah, how the gods, how the gods kill you guys. Yeah. <laughs> to bring up our band, we were fresh off a show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> last night. But that's a song that is very silent. And then when when the noise comes in, because of how silent it really is for a while, there it's just kicks. swallows yeah. people whole. Like I said, it's yeah. a shotgun blast to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is. Anyway, uh, one thing to also mention on this composer that's in the new series, Sarah. Do you know his name by chance? Uh. I do, and it escapes me now because I've been it's forgetting okay. everything. Don't worry about it right <laughs> off the top of the bat because I, the reason I, I even brought him up is I think that people are praising him because he, in my opinion, and I know you don't necessarily share this opinion, I love the new Doctor Who theme. Like the with the new, bro, and like it's all like, it's 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 modern. It has been brought to the times. It is a little bit of a... Almost a dance club undercurrent to it, like you guys had called back to. That's not the part I necessarily like. I just like how it overall sounds to me. That's, you know, I I have no beef with anybody, you know, anybody's opinions really on the new theme. Everybody that seemed to be a mixed bag for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just looked up online quickly because you were talking it. about um, the composer for Doctor Who who oh, did the yeah. new theme. Yeah, that's him. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's. Uh, Oh, Sagan. I think it's Sagan Akinola. Akinola, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Royal Birmingham Conservatoire alumnus. Yeah, he seemed very sweet and genuine uh, in his interviews and things, but that's uh, neither here nor there. I was just kind of saying maybe the the intro is so damn good to so many people that the shortcomings and parts of the season and the odd choices, because to me they're, as just a basic fan that doesn't analyze music quite like you do, Sarah, uh... I was watching this series and there were choices and I was just like, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know if I would have done that. Yeah, musical choices. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, example. And this is one we're going to have to reference and I hate to bring it up because as soon as I do, it's going to be in everyone's head. But 
the Rosa Parks episode. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. The Rise Up song they choose yeah, in that moment. I already and all that, had like, my, uh, mm-hmm. my time complaining on the mountain for that one. But, <laughs> but to go back to that, mm-hmm. it is something that is, to me, so bad it still stands out. That is a misstep in the season. Well, it could have sealed the series so much better if they would have made it more emotional, less poppy. I, I personally think. I think. I think it's the opposite, though. The problem is that that makes it over emotional. That's like filling the cup and then spilling over. Like what? There's ways to be more subtle. About I guess it, it. just it, made it, it me disconnect. Me. It it does. It takes you out of the time period. I think that it would have been much more suited to having a song. If you if you wanted to choose a, a popular tune, fine. But at least choose one that has like the period in mind. The era. Right. It was, the era. It was wrong. It was. That it was wrong. That was more that musically was... offensive to me than the use of a pop song because the whole, like I said, he's a pop world composer. That's this guy's bread that's and butter. Does. They hired him to be this kind of composer because mm-hmm. um, that's what his. That's what he does. So yeah, the use of a pop song, fine if they want to do that. It just it was the choice. Like I get where they were coming from, but. We didn't need. I I didn't need it to bring it home. I don't want to get on my complaint train again. Good about in that. theory, bad in execution. It it was cheap. Yeah, it uh, was cheap. It was me. a cheap shot. It felt cheap. Should it we? was a cheap shot in the way that commercials cheap shot you. It was insult. It was you almost know? insulting. Like now you have to feel this way. Really feel it, guys. It's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. Now my feelers are hurt. But they should, I mean, yours should be more hurt. Uh, I wish I'm we could have got that guy. new pretty, pretty awkward milkshake so we could have that so we could transition from awkward to awkward. Oh, that would have been nice. We will have more awkward moments, I am sure. Uh, today we are doing the winter party pack from Sierra Nevada. So we're going to go ahead and start with the one that uh, I'm sure everyone here has probably drank before, but we've actually never had it on an episode. So... Another happy accident. This is Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. Want to snap her open? I'll snap her open. Ooh. And we're in. <laughs> and they're off. It's got a pretty nice color to it. Yeah, it's just a freaking ton of Cascade hops. <laughs> it's not big good. I haven't had one in a while. Hey, wait. Is Tex our R&D department? And that's why we have answers when he's on and not when he isn't on? Man, how did he get promoted before me? What the... Because he knows the answers, Zach. Damn it. <laughs> you know the answers, you can be the R&D guy. That's that just makes so too much to sense. I just read interesting books. <laughs> <laughs> did you read that book? No. That sucks. It's not, like we don't, it's not like we don't have most of the world's knowledge at our fingertips. We're just like, oh, we really wish we knew this. Anyway, <laughs> silence. <laughs> no one reaches for phone. Crickets. All right, without further ado, let us dive on in. Cheers. Cheers. Yeep, 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 yeep. Glug, glug. 
Ooh, that's crispy. Yep. It's about that's as I remember. Almost, it's really almost, good. That's almost McDonald's Sprite crispy. It's almost to that level. First time I had lim- this, I had never had a hoppy beer before, and I found it repulsive. I was at yeah. some dude's place, and I was like, oh, this has more alcohol in it? Yeah, I'll try that out. Nope, I hate hops. I was like, Miller Lite? That's about as hoppy as I got for me wow. at that point in time. <laughs> we all grow up. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was when Tex had his first beer. And wing first six. Beer, yeah. <laughs> Age six. <laughs> It was a Dude's dad had like a, a whole like lamb out. leg they were carving up. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Apparently they came up with this in 1980. That's wild. One of the originals. Want to go ahead and read that to us, Nick? In, 19, in 1980, we created a beer highlighting the bold pine and citrus flavors of the whole cone cascade hop. Today, our all-natural bottle-conditioned all natural. pale ale is recognized worldwide. As a classic. Classic. <laughs> ha. Classic. It's like the killer instinct thing you just uh. in there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Combo reversal. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, just dump tons and tons and tons of Cascade hops in there. It's like, good job. This is delicious. <laughs> Top to bottom. Just, just keep going. Just, but why do they have just to go ahead and cascade those Cascades <laughs> up in there? That's my only question. I'm like, ugh, guys. Well, it, they dry hop it and they, like they boil it and throw it in the end. It's like every single bit of the cask. Where can we put more? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't get me wrong, it's not bad. Those labels are made of Yeah, Oh, oh. Which is next there, Austin? Let's, yeah, let's keep yeah. on rolling. We have the winter warmer lager. Ooh, lager. I don't really hear I, that. A lager is gonna warm me up. Maybe after I have twenty of them. Let's go three Floyds. Ooh. They have cool little <laughs> stories on the back of these. This one says, The cold nights are coming, and you couldn't care less, not with a winter warmer in your hand. Ooh, I like what huh? they did there. Rich and malty and with a touch of sweetness, this beer lives up to its name. Crack open a winter warmer and tell the winter to show you what it's got. Show me what you got. Awesome. Hit me with oh, your bitch. Show us what you got. I'm most emboldened against winter. Ah. <laughs> Your, your insides feel like it's not anymore. Let's get into it. I think Whoa. being inside Ooh. is... Oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, that's a, <laughs> come on now. Forget about it. It's like Dead Guy L. <laughs> Didn't you say Dead Guy L was a locker? Yeah, I was freaking talking about it. My, <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> oh, why it's I called a L. All right, Tex, we're going to have to look over your resume one more time before we give you the official title. <laughs> He, he's like he that was reporter that was making up stories. <laughs> he, yes. He was actually... He, no, I mean, prolifically so. It's not Texas' fault. He was using Google Translate, and we all know how well that goes. <laughs> <laughs> also, just shut down. Google just killed him. <laughs> takes off the internet. Sorry, Google. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't use Google Translate. All right. Let's see what this logger is all about, you confusing yeah. son of a bitch. It's like very deep in color. It's a very deep amber color. Oh, my. Oh, shit. Okay. Let me see that ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That's what I said. That's damn, tasty. Damn, damn. <laughs> damn, 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 damn. Yeah, this isn't Budweiser. Um, 6.7%. Yep, that'll work. Wow. For a lager. Wow. For, wow. Yeah. Wow. Indeed. 
Did somebody let Owen Wilson in? This definitely puts a little fire in my belly. That's a cool looking. It, uh, it looks like a Maybach too. <laughs> yeah, it it looks like real it looks amber. Dark as an amber box. Yeah. Yep. Man, mm. that's delicious. That's super super sweet. Yeah, There's hardly any hops in there. Just like man, <laughs> I'm so glad I have two more of these at home because I'm gonna fucking you know, powerhouse when we get home. <laughs> Had fuck yeah. Had to it. What do you say to winter, Austin? <laughs> Show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Show me what you we got. We like what you got. Yeah, so that, that's a consensus, right? <laughs> yeah. Good jobs here in Nevada. Only being cool with all the people who had that fire happen. But, man, you keep on making these awesome beers all the mm. time. I think there are different entities. Is there in Nevada? And, yeah. No, they, they, they helped a lot of people... Oh, I thought you said fires they started the fire. I'm like, no, I don't think. No, that's no, no, no. Like, no, no, like they help people. <laughs> no, they're the one. I think they're the ones the leading the way on the. They're doing a a beer where all the profits go towards the fires. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and they got start a bunch of breweries. Fires. Wait, no. <laughs> Man, Corey, I'm so glad you said that because that was immediately where I went to. Can't help it. Mm-mm-mm. Well, since there's five of us and we've only got 12 ounce bottles, we're really just slamming right through these. Just burning through. Yeah, so, it feels like a, other one was like just beer sampling. It's like, oh, what's this? Yeah, really? it's it's nice. <laughs> it is nice. She's like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, that's good. Ooh. What do we got yeah, coming yeah, up next? Up, up next, we have the Holiday Haze IPA. Hmm. Hmm. I've not tried this one. Really? Let's let's read this label. Neat. It says, as the holiday season ramps up, we all get busy. So we're bringing you this IPA as a reminder to slow down and appreciate the special time. Heavy with intense fruit-forward hop flavor, mild bitterness, and a smooth finish, this is the perfect beer for the lead-up to the holidays. Let's all pause, relax, and snap out of that holiday haze. Wow. Powerhouse this beer. <laughs> now, now That's going to clear things up. <laughs> now let's shotgun six these. Need to clear the haze, man. Just put, drop a straw on there and curl it up. Here we go. <laughs> and we're pouring. Better be a metal straw. <laughs> nope, oh, paper. That way it dissolves halfway through my drink. <laughs> it's going to mess up your mojo when it all just comes gushing at you. Ugh. My favorite thing to drink with like pulp paper straws or milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Milkshake sounds nice. It is hazy, but still see through. <laughs> yep, yep. It looks uh, super juicy. <laughs> it will. One little drip. Oh, swear mm. God. That was really nice. Just a little dribble. Oh. Well. Down it goes, boys. This is my clear winner so far in terms of appearance. I really like. Oh wow, this that's wow. interesting. That is good. It's bright, and not languid. That is the color. I like that color too, Corey. That's that's a very the most inviting color so far. It glows. It's like it's, it's like this. It's like it looks if, like watered down Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's like if you could make beverages. if you could make beer. Day glow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is beautiful. Six point five percent. All right. I'm kind of on the fence about this. Delicious hoppy slime. <laughs> Not the consistency, the color. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very smooth. 
It's real smooth. I really, I've never had this one. I really like it. Neither have I. That's why I picked up this pack because there's three mm. beers I hadn't had before, and then the pale ale. And the pale ale is never like a bad choice nope. when it comes to Sierra Nevada. So only six point five. Mm. You can drink three or four of these, and you know, then be pretty drunk. Be right Roast where I want to be. Getting <laughs> smashed on some. Having people age. help me in the bathroom, but not work, mm-hmm. so I pee myself halfway there. <laughs> the holidays. My favorite way to be. <laughs> it, you can do that, too, because it helps warm you up. I like you your style. Your I like your style, Austin. <laughs> oh, pull, over, pull over, Lloyd. I got to go pee. Just go. <laughs> Just go. Mm. That's, oh, warm. that's warm. <laughs> <laughs> You had two gloves this whole time? Yeah, Harry, it's the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. Uh, yeah, hello. I'll kill you. Ah, your hands are so cold. <laughs> I love that movie. This thing is like light as a pilsner. It is Freaking. so delicious. It's just, it's really light, but I almost feel like it's almost a little tasteless. Does that make, if that makes sense? Like, like I, so, I, I, had, I, I chewed it up here. a little bit, and you can, you can taste... This kind of gives, the gives notes, me a, like, hmm. like but I don't, all day IPA kind of feel like there's, there's not flavor, a lot of bittering hops. It's all in the back end. It's not, yeah, it's not bitter at it's all. Hazy. It goes down so easy. Yeah, it goes down super easy. Mm-mm-mm. Well, now that we've had all these nice light boys, it's time to perk ourselves back up with a little bit of coffee. Oh, shit. Oh, you're next, the Sierra Nevada Coffee Stout. Did it do? Yeah. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Me neither did I. Well, Corey, that's how you're supposed to learn something new every day. Why do you day. think I bought this pack? Oh, they don't <laughs> they learn things. They don't story offer time. Make, Tell like, us about it. And stuff. All right, children, let's settle down and... Put your hands by the fire. We're, Uncle we're Austin's going to break, tell us a story. Too hyper. Mm-hmm. On this day, the coffee stout. All right, about. you're going to be in timeout if you can't tell yourself <laughs> story time. It's a yellow card. You're going to get spanked. <laughs> God damn it. All right, it's a, a cup of joe and a bold beer are great cold weather companions. So we blended them for the ultimate warmer. Our coffee stout is a fusion of dark roasted malts and rich coffee for layers of bittersweet, fruity, dark chocolate, and caramel-like flavors. Could Good God. Was that, they just Put it in my head. My, they just That's described my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Were they in my dream last God damn. That's not so good. My first question is... Are the malt is dark roasted, but are the coffee beans dark roasted? Interesting mm. question. What if they just dark roasted the whole fucking thing? I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> the I'm darker the better. Particularly looking for caffeine, you know. Mm. Mm. It says rich coffee. I suppose there's only definite, there is. They're not saying if it's dark roasted. They're just saying it's rich. I suppose there's only one way to find better out. Better open it before I grab it again. <laughs> 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 Take it easy, Nick. I need more than my allotted three ounces. Settle yourself. <laughs> Someone once said, I want it all. I'm rowdy. Mm, that looks tasty. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Nick's just smells good so as the much. one that you made recently. Game over. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like anime. 
Hurry up and pour. <laughs> Hurry up and pour. <laughs> Watch way too much. Oh! I'm start doing the impressions. They all have hilarious sounds. <laughs> the high pitched people. Oh bottom. my lord. Oh! The smell. If you like that one's almost slimy. That one's almost just like mmm. Sticking around. Can't swallow all that. Oh, that was good. Huh. It's only six point two percent. This is great. That's less than the lager. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna fucking enjoy this one. <laughs> This is good. If you like coffee oh. and stouts, this is a beer for you. You can have a few without being completely wiped out. There's there very are some f- coffee stouts out there that are like 10, 12%. It's like, you get to split this with a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Drink this yourself. You'll be too tired to recycle this bottle. <laughs> like, I, this I'm, is going to fall over. I'm a big fan of too, because you get that darkness and that maltiness to stouts, but it's on like, a lighter... Easier to drink like five to six percent, not like yeah, nine ten, nine ten. Like I'm trying to fucking eat it. Yeah, 